Chapter 8 is a very important chapter in terms of the plot of the book of Shmuel. It begins with the verse, Vayi kashev zaken Shmuel, vayasem et banav shoftim Yisrael. When Shmuel became old, he appointed his sons as judges in Israel. Vayi shem benoa b'chor yoel, v'shem mishneu aviyah, shoftim b'veshava. So the two sons, one was Joel, the second was Aviyah, they sat as judges in Beersheba. However, his sons did not follow in his ways. They were bent on gain, they accepted bribes, they subverted justice. So his sons are not following in the path of, his, of the father, and in particular, subverting justice. It is interesting to take note of the fact that earlier the book of Shmuel said that Vayishpot Shmuel at Bnei Yisrael Mitzpah, in verse number 6 of the previous chapter Samuel judged the people in Mitzpah. It's always a question what does it mean to judge? The Shoftim for example in the book of Judges most of them, almost all of them would not appear to be judges sitting in a courtroom. The only one who actually seems to be a judge sitting in a courtroom is Devorah. She's actually a judge. People come to her for judgment. She sits under a tree, Tomer Devorah. Sounds like a courtroom. But all the other judges, Yiftach, Gidon, Shimshon, certainly doesn't sound like Shimshon is judging in the sense of a judge in a court. But they all call, are called Shoftim. They're chieftains, they're leaders. Here the language of the sons of Samuel suggests that actually they're running courts because the term that he used, betza, shochad, vayatu mishpat, is precisely what the Torah says and especially in the book of Zvarim in chapter 16 that when you appoint the judges tzedek, tzedek, tirdov, you should seek righteousness and precisely not accept bribes and not pervert justice. So Samuel is old, his sons are appointed as leaders as Shoftim, but they're no good. So the elders of Israel come and approach Samuel in Ramah, that's Samuel's city. You're old, your sons are no good. Place over us a king to judge us. Maybe in this case we should say to lead us. Like all the other nations. This is a critical verse in the book of Samuel. Before we get to the question as to whether the request for kingship is appropriate or not, it's important to take note of the fact that the entire story takes place, according to chapter 8, when Samuel becomes old. Vahi kasher zaken Shmuel, in verse number 1, and also in verse number 5, the people say, In other words, the people are perfectly content with Samuel as the leader. There is not the slightest intimation that they want to replace Shmuel. Their point is that Shmuel is old, and the natural successors to Samuel are no good, namely his sons. And therefore, we need to go in a different direction. And the direction they seek is kingship. And they add, 
Kechol HaGoyim, the problematic, like all the other nations. So it's not a rejection of Samuel per se that we're reading over here, but it is a call for a different kind of, of institution, a different type of leadership. Now I want to say one word first about this request for a different kind of institution. What marks kingship in the Torah, and, and generally speaking, the Torah speaks about the king in chapter 17. That's where the Torah talks about the institution of kingship, Deuteronomy chapter 17. And there it says, actually, that um, there it says that if you um, come into the land and you say, we want a king like all the other nations. When you come into the land that God has given you, you inherit the land, um, and you say, you will say, we want a king like all the other nations. And the Torah continues, you either may or should certainly place upon yourself a king. One that God chooses. And the Torah then continues, Choose a king from amongst your brethren. You are not allowed to place upon yourself a foreigner, one who is not amongst your brethren. So how we read this section in chapter 17 of Deuteronomy is very critical. What is the Torah saying about kingship? The expression, you come into the land and say, in chapter 17, it's verse number 14, like all the nations, which was what we have over here in Samuel, chapter 8, seems highly problematic. It's certainly difficult to maintain that the Torah in general, and the book of Devarim specifically, think that having an institution which mirrors what's taking place in the other nations is something which is acceptable difficult, I would say impossible to maintain that. So what is the Torah saying in chapter 17 of Deuteronomy? Echoed in our chapter, chapter 8. And I believe that the most plausible reading is that when you come into the land which God has given you and you inherit the land and you say place upon us a king like all the other nations which, which surround me kechol hagoyim then in verse 15, the Torah says, You may certainly, or maybe even should certainly, place upon yourself a king. However, but one that God chooses. In other words, yes, you can have a king, but not not kingship as they understand it, but rather one that God chooses. And furthermore, the king must be from amongst your brethren, which could be interpreted, and the book of Samuel, I believe, does interpret, that it's not just it comes from amongst your brethren, but there's an understanding that your responsibility is to your brethren. In, in point of fact, what the Torah is saying in chapter 17 is, and certainly this is true through the prism of the book of Samuel, that the king has to understand two things. Number one, that God chooses the king. God is the boss. You work for God. And secondly, you work for the people. God has chosen you to lead, to assist God's people, which is your brethren, which is Israel. Now, the Torah then says in chapter 17 what the king should not do. 
Excess is out. Too many wives, too much money, too many horses. Going back to Egypt is out. And in addition, the king should write and have with him a Sefer Torah, which is read to him or he reads, in order to instill in him the fear of God. And in order, says the Torah, at the end of that section, that he and his children shall have long reign in Israel. In other words, kingship is dynastic. Here what the people are saying to Samuel is the following. You are old. No problem with you. But your sons don't follow in your footsteps. So therefore we need an institution which lends itself to stability. Because you're, you're good, you're a spiritual person, but your sons are no good. But kingship is dynastic. Therefore we need an institution in which the leadership passes from father to son. Of course, one could ask the question, but is there any guarantee that the son of a king will be good? In point of fact, of course, there's no such guarantee. And in point of fact, quite the opposite. When one reads the books of Book of Kings, which we'll get to, hopefully, most of the kings, certainly many, if not most, have uh, heirs who don't uh, fulfill what we would expect the king to fulfill. Some are quite wicked. So what guarantee is there that the son of the king will be good? If the point is that the son of Samuel or sons of Samuel are no good, how is kingship going to solve the problem? But I think the response to that question is quite a simple one. There's a different set of expectations. Samuel, who replaces the priest of Shiloh as a leader, is a spiritual person. We've seen that in chapter 7. He's all about full commitment, he's about prayer, he's about confession. If your leader is a spiritual person, a prophet, Samuel was a prophet, then every generation there's a new job search, because there's no expectation that the son of the prophet will be a prophet. We have no such expectation. Not in the Bible. That the son of a spiritual person will be spiritual is that something that the Bible expects, anticipates? The king is different. The king is a position that you fill. Like the, like the priest. The king is marked by the clothing of the king. You fill the institution. You can be a bad king, but you're still a king. But you can't be a bad prophet. If you're a bad prophet, you're not a prophet at all. So what the people are willing to trade in, in this request, for stability is authentic spiritual leadership. And that is one of the things, no doubt, that perplexes and bothers Samuel. He thinks that's the wrong path to go. But that is the path that the people are requesting. So it's not a rejection of Samuel, the person. As long as he's there, they're perfectly happy with him. And if his sons had been like Samuel, they're happy with them, with, with the sons as well. But that's not the case. Therefore, we need a different model of leadership. And they say, Kechol HaGoyim. That Kechol HaGoyim is very problematic. Certainly, problematic request, problematic phrasing. It mirrors the, what the Torah says, Kechol HaGoyim, and the Torah said no. Kechol HaGoyim is wrong. But the next verse in this context, verse number 6, from this perspective, is, 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 is disturbing. Vayera HaDavar B'yenei Shmuel, Kasher Amru the matter was evil in Samuel's eyes when they said, give us a king to judge us. Samuel prayed to God. What it doesn't say is, 
It was evil in Samuel's eyes when they said, give us a king like the other nations. What bothers Samuel doesn't appear to be like the other nations. What appears to bother Samuel is the very idea of kingship itself. And Samuel turns to God.